video game news and video game music. This is Progress Bar. Welcome to the show. It's Tuesday. My name is Anthony Shelton. Progress Bar is now on freedomcgc.com. You can listen to the show and podcast there. You can call the show on Skype, username Progress Bar Radio. You can also leave a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash progress bar. And if you're at work and you can't call in, but you're listening, you can join the chat at spreaker.com. Alright, so the Division beta ended today sometime early, super early in the morning, my time, and I couldn't tell if Ubisoft was doing a beta or a demo. I couldn't tell. Like, there wasn't enough of the game to consider it a demo, and then there was not enough people for the beta. Like, for the fact that there wasn't enough for the demo, like, there was one story mission, there were several side missions, and the Dark Zone. That was it. The one story mission, I mean, it was it was cool, it was fine, but there just wasn't a lot in the game. Like, I couldn't get a feel for the game, right? Welcome to the chat, El Zorro. I, could, I couldn't get a feel. Like, after you're done playing Destiny, like, you played Earth, and you played the Moon. And after you walked away from that, like, you got a good understanding of how the game worked. You got an understanding of how... The skill tree worked. You had an understanding of the weapons and how the loot system works and all of that. And you walked away from that feeling like, oh, is is this the destiny? Like, is this the game? Because it felt complete. Because when the beta came out, it was only, what, two or three months left before the actual game came out. And it felt like, oh, like this, this is it, huh? Okay. And when it came out, obviously, in my eyes, it was extremely disappointing. And you, But you realized, oh yeah, what was in the beta was Destiny. Like, that was it. That was Destiny complete, pretty much. Like, that was a demo, by all considerations. I didn't feel that way about The Division. You got through one story mission, but you didn't know how things would transpire if there was another story mission would there be more side missions or did you have to go to the bulletin board and refresh everything to get more side missions is the dark zone as empty as it was in the beta is this how it's really going to be are the the zones that are so close together are, are the level differences that apparent like it you could tell like Oh yeah, the Division Complete is in there because the game is only five weeks away from coming out, right? So there's not a whole lot of time for Ubisoft to make changes unless they decide, uh, you know what, after the beta we're going to delay it again. But I don't think that's going to happen. But I just didn't get enough taste of everything. Like So many things were locked. And so it was too little to really call it a demo. And then there wasn't enough people to call it a beta. There's not enough people to stress test the servers and encounter bugs. So, I mean, was it really a beta? There's still a lot of bugs. I mean, Ubisoft was figuring stuff out. Obviously, people were cheating on the PC version, and there were some bugs on that on all platforms. 
but people pre-ordered the game and still didn't get their keys. Like, the only reason why I got a key was because I got it from Game Watcher because they wanted me to do a preview. Otherwise, the request I put in for a code, you know, because they had a little closed beta sign-up, I didn't get an email for that. So I would have never been able to get in it. But it's even worse because people who pre-ordered the game didn't get a code. That's just horrible. And then there was enough, not enough people to really test the dark zone. Like, it was pretty sparse in there. And it, it felt okay in the sense of there were enough people, but I felt like there could have been more people. So, where's the beta aspect? So, I don't, I don't know what Ubisoft did with this demo beta thing. Like, it wasn't promotional enough for it to be a great first impression. Right, but it wasn't horrible enough for it to be like the worst beta ever. El Zoro says betas nowadays are more like sneak peeks. I mean, yes, that's how they've been for a while, but I feel like I didn't even get enough of a peek. <laughs> I a lot. I think a lot of people feel that way. What do you think about? The Division Beta. Call on the show. Skype, username, Progress Bar Radio. You can leave a voicemail at speakpipe.com slash progress bar also. So let me tell you about some of my major thoughts concerning the Division Beta. First of all, I felt like the world was really empty. Like there's side streets, there's alleys, parking lots, and there's nothing there. Like you're traveling around Manhattan. You're seeing all this stuff. And the world is... uh big enough and cool enough, I suppose, to where you want to go down these streets and see what's there. And every time you do it, there's nothing there. There's no loot. There's no enemies. It's just stuff. It's like, why is this here? Like, why? I understand it's New York and this is the setting that you chose, so you want to recreate New York as is or as close to it. But give us a reason to explore these streets. Like, if I were to actually be in New York, I'm sure there would be something I would find of interest in alleyways and empty parking lots, especially when everything is a wasteland. There was a previous trailer that showed an agent picking up water. I think a few of them picked up some water. You couldn't even find that. Water actually has significance in the game. It gets a stat boost and stuff like that. Like They have soda pop that gives stat boosts and things like that. But you go down these streets, you're not finding water, you're not finding soda, you're not finding loot. There's not enough loot in the city. Like Borderlands, loot everywhere. Even if it's just ammo, whether you need it or not, there's always something to open. Right? Destiny, like, I understand why that game doesn't have as much loot. So that game could get away with it. I'm okay with Destiny not having as much loot. I just wish the loot were better. Or at least there were more drops. But The Division, this is one of those games where it could take a more Borderlands approach. Like, the premise doesn't hamstring the type of places they could put their loot. So I feel like there should be more places where you can dig through trash and find some 
water. Like, you're a scavenger at this point. The city is in ruins. It's a wasteland because of this disease. And there's cars everywhere. Empty cars everywhere. There's trash all over the place. And you can't find traces of water. Dropped pieces of ammo or guns or, you know, just just stuff. Like, there should just be stuff everywhere. But there's not. So it just really doesn't give me a lot to work with. Um. Alright, we're going to talk about this some more. I've still got some points I need to make, but it is time to play a song. This is title Vixor Remix. That's the name of the song. It's by Vixor. It's, uh, it's from the Extreme Road Trip 2 soundtrack on Bandcamp. You're listening to Progress Bar.
That is Title Vixor Remix by Vixor. You can find that on the Extreme Road Trip 2 soundtrack, which is done by Big Giant Circles. And that is available on Bandcamp. Um, Tony in the chat mentioned uh, D Vader's review on freedomcgc.com. You can check that out. It's the only division article, I think, on Freedom CGC right now, so that will be easy to find. It's on the front page. Uh, He talked about the shooting. He had an issue with the shooting mechanic. I really did have a problem with the shooting. I think third-person shooters have a unique problem with the way shooting is portrayed because in the first-person shooters, and I remember uh, Total Biscuit also brought this factor up, uh, the problem between first-person shooters and third-person shooters is with first-person shooters, because you you know you're basically in the face of the person, you can kind of feel the kick, you can feel the power of the guns. In third-person shooters, it's much more difficult to convey the strength and power of a gun. So one pistol, you know, an M6, for example, feels exactly like another pistol. You have to have something like a Magnum. Right, that's just completely different uh, than your typical M6 or something, or a revolver of some sort, right? To really like see and feel that difference. The problem with shooting also in the division is that the sound effects aren't exactly powerful. It's, they're not bad by any stretch of the imagination. I just don't feel the power of them as much as I would like to. It sounds fine. I just don't feel it the way I would like to. But in terms of the actual combat and such, it's largely, it's this part is so subjective because people have such a huge problem with the idea that you're shooting humans and it takes them so long to go down and headshots just don't have the same impact as none of that bothers me I'm okay with that like I play Borderlands and you know while that game is crazier and so it could kind of give it away with the um, suspension of disbelief I mean you're still shooting humans right and they're not going down easily the fact that it's put out as an RPG I mean I don't need them to suspend my disbelief at this point. I can suspend my own disbelief. I understand as an RPG, the enemies are going to take a little while to go, to go down. Um, a lot of it is pick and pop type of shooting. Um, the enemies tend to, at least for me, I know it differed with the Vader, but I felt like I had to move a significant amount, uh, but I still, I still have moments where it's just, yeah, you know, I kind of sit there and, and pick and pop. But, you know, for that, that doesn't bother me. I, I wouldn't say, like, it's, like, the most fun thing to do in the world. But it's not like I'm ready to put the game down because I'm just not moving enough. There, there's a certain joy for me in still trying to aim and shoot and try to keep the reticle on the person and take as much damage as possible. You know, if I have to move, okay, fine, great, I have to move. You know, so th- there's little minute things that I still find enjoyable in the idea of shooting bullet sponges. Um, the sticky mechanic, I actually think works well. The sticky cover mechanic, I actually think there's an improvement in it. Uh, if you highlight 
let's say you're uh, stuck against a wall or something and you're in cover and if you look at another wall you can actually hold the a button or the space bar and when you hold it you actually just automatically run to the next spot you're going to instead of having to pop off the cover and then run to it yourself it just automatically does it for you and obviously you could still get shot you could get shot out of that run you could stop the run yourself if you need to um but it's just it just feels a little bit more efficient and you're more in control and overall that felt fine i didn't have a problem with that now the loot that drops overall i think the weapons the armor all the mods and stuff, which are basically attachments for your guns, those are fun to engage with because not all weapons are the same. Even if you pick up an AK-47 and you find another AK-47, like those AK-47s might not be the same. The damage might not be the same. Uh, the fire rate might not be the same. All that stuff. And they might not have the same type of abilities and such. Like some weapons have certain what's called talents, which are basically passive abilities. An example of that would be um, AK-47 does more damage when an enemy's health is below 30%, right? So one AK-47 might have that, but another might not. But the one that does have it might be a little bit weaker than the other one that does. So you have to make a decision there, right? And some weapons have perks, such as increased critical damage on headshots. A lot of modifications have those. And overall, you have attributes, which are basically persistent traits of your character. Uh, There's three of them. There's firepower, stamina, and electrician, something like that. I don't remember. That didn't matter in the beta because that was locked out stuff. Uh, So I mostly focused on stamina and firepower. And you could get some armor that had a higher number in defense, but maybe it decreased your firepower, which basically determines how strong you are as a character on top of the weapons, right? Or it might increase your stamina, but decrease your firepower, right? So you could get an armor that's maybe 10 points lower, but increases your stamina, or it might increase your firepower. And so these are the kind of deliberations that you have to make with the game. And there's enough loot that drops and enough loot that's good, at least I felt, that you need to look at all the loot that drops to make sure you're not missing out on anything. And I find that very enjoyable. Now, I will say, you do not want to play the Dark Zone by yourself. Don't go into the Dark Zone by yourself. Unless you're being adventurous Unless you're putting on a show for the live stream, there's no reason to go into the dark zone by yourself. It is not built for you to play by yourself, which is unfortunate because I know there's a lot of people, including myself, who will not have players to play with at times, at times. And so you want to go into the dark zone because, you know, that's the place to get all the best loot, right? So you want to go into the dark zone if you're feeling like getting some great loot. But if you go in there by yourself, there's not a lot of AI to shoot and there's not a lot of loot scattered about, right? It's kind of the same problems as kind of the single player area, except there's way less AI to shoot in the dark zone. So as a single player, you're left with just shooting other people most of the time. And most of the time, people are in teams, 
like four. So you over here shooting one person and then all of a sudden three people pop out of nowhere and kill you. It's just darn near impossible to really have fun in the dark zone by yourself. And then if you shoot somebody, you turn into a rogue. The, div- the division disavows you. You go rogue and there's a little count- cooldown timer for as long as you're rogue. As long as you're rogue. So I think it's 10 seconds the first time. And if you keep killing people, your timer increases. So you stay rogue longer. And if you kill enough people, then a manhunt starts for you and then that just paints you on the map for everybody to see and uh obviously you will be easily hunted down and so there's just little reason to really do anything in the dark zone by yourself if you could kill some ai and maybe get some loot you could start extraction and most people don't really raid extraction zones at least that's what i found you have the occasional one that happens but it's not super common. But still, it's freaky to be by yourself trying to extract your loot so you can use it. Oh, it's just crazy. But playing with others is fun. Like, that's the way to go. If you're going to go into the dark zone, play with somebody else. At that point, it's a lot of fun. Because now you can take on other people and you know you got some backup. Right? Now, if you extract, you know you got a little bit of backup. AI, not really a threat by yourself, but obviously even less of a threat. So that's just the way to go. Problem is the Dark Zone just doesn't provide enough loot inside of it. So, you know, it's the place to get the best loot, but there's still not a whole bunch of loot drops. And even the loot that I found, like it was good, but it was no better than the loot I found doing the one story mission over and over again. Now, I will say the, the Dark Zone shop, which you can only purchase things with Dark Zone points, which you need to do that by killing AI, which there isn't enough of, and by killing other players, which if you're by yourself, you're screwed anyway. There's a Dark Zone shop where you can buy some really good items, but in terms of drops, there's just not that much to work with. Remember, you could call the show on Skype, username Progress Bar Radio. I got a question for you. What happens when your indie game is so pirated that you might not be able to make another game? We'll talk about that coming up. This song is La Gran Fuente de Salsa. It is a Ocarina of Time remix by Mr. Kyle. It is on ocremix.org. You're listening to Progress Bar.
That is La Gran Fuente de Salsa, an Ocarina of Time remix by Mr. Kyle, available on ocremix.org. I really enjoy that one. You're listening to Progress Bar. My name is Anthony Shelton. Call me on the show on Skype, username Progress Bar Radio. So I asked this question before the song. What happens when your indie game is so pirated that you might not be able to make another game? Jonathan Bloken answered that question because that's what's happening to him with The Witness. And this is a guy who doesn't like DRM, right? The most hated thing. DRM. Oh, we so hate DRM. Well, it's very clear by this situation that piracy is a thing. And DRM is a solution, right? Because you know it's bad when Jonathan Blow's like, hey, you know what? I have to consider DRM for my next game. Because that's basically what he said. Piracy is so bad, I need to consider DRM for my next game. He didn't say he'll do it, but he's considering it. DRM, the most hated thing, it's so bad that even an indie developer who does not like DRM is considering DRM. I get it. People hate DRM. It's understandable. I I get it. You can't own the game. You can't do what you want with it. I get it. But you can still play the game. I hate DRM. But when's the next Steam sale, right? Millions of people use Steam, the biggest blob of DRM on the internet. But those same people are the ones who complain about DRM. You know, though the big publishers make millions, they don't need DRM. They probably don't. They probably don't, but they can exercise the right to use DRM because piracy is a thing. It really is. Perfect. I love it. Jaeger makes a great point. If it wasn't $40, this wouldn't be a problem, right? That's another common argument. Except Jonathan Blow was like, nah, you know, it's not the price because Braid was $15 and people pirated that game that much or as much. That's what he said. I didn't make that up. That's what he said. So apparently price isn't the issue. Whether it's $40 or whether it's $15, let's face it. Pirates will be pirates. They're going to do what they're going to do. Because pirates, most of them, a large majority of them, are just selfish. They just think about themselves, which, I mean, natural, right? Most pirates would say, I can't afford it, but I really want to play this game, so I'm going to pirate it because I want to play it. It doesn't matter that, you know, indie developer who's not in the hands of a big publisher that you don't like, needs to make a little bit of money, you want to play the game, so you're going to pirate it, of course. There's other extenuating situations where, you know, you want to pirate a game because it's not in your region or something like that, but that's not a majority of people who pirate stuff. People who pirate stuff are just ones who just don't want to pay for it. That just is what it is. Piracy is a thing. DRM is a solution. So Jonathan Blow now has to consider using DRM in his next game. And now people are upset. Well, if y'all stop thinking piracy isn't a thing, then, uh, you know, 
maybe we could get real with ourselves and go, oh, okay, yeah, maybe that's why a lot of developers like to put their stuff on console after all. Hmm. Azora says, if you put out a $15 game and charge $40 for it, obviously it's going to be ripped off. It's a $40 game. The Witness isn't $15. It's $40. It's not worth $15. It's worth $40. Like, Jonathan, Jonathan Blow is not going to just astronomically increase the price just because he can. Like, he's not that type of dude. As pretentious as you might think he is, he's not that type of person. He's not going to do that. The Witness is a very big game. It's a very complex game. And a whole lot of people, and not a lot of people, worked on it. It's a, it's a large game. So, yeah, $40 is worth the asking price. Braid, yeah, if that was $40, well, of course. Yeah, but that was only $15. Yeager says, it doesn't look like 40 to me. It looks like a maze game I could get for $0.99. Cents. Well, now at this point, you're just devaluing the game. It's a puzzle game, right? Like, <laughs> if you want to just break it down to it's a maze game. Like, okay, I guess you can do that. Then it's not of value to you. But apparently it's much more complex than just a maze game. Where you can just buy a book. Just just go to the store and buy a book of mazes and, you know, that'll satisfy you. It's a little more complex than that. Alright, this song is It's a New World. It's a Super Mario World remix by... Rob KTA. It's on the Super Cartography Bros remix album on ocremix.org. You're listening to Progress Bar.
That is It's a New World, a Super Mario World remix by Rob KTA. It is on the Super Cartography Brothers remix album available on ocremix.org. All right. That'll do it for today. Thanks for tuning in. Might have some more information on the division later, but not sure. Still writing up the preview content. Got to start a new game tomorrow, but I will be on tomorrow as well. So thanks for listening. I will talk to you later.